0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are previewing week two action in the NFL with a podcast that we call Buy or Sell. I'll explain the concept behind that a little bit later, but this is our week two preview episode. If you are looking for a week one recap, we do have that as well. It was released on Monday morning, uh, and we're gonna call our recap Stock Watch. So um, if you need the recap, Before you listen to this preview, go ahead and check that out on the podcast feed. It was released Monday morning. We are now in full swing in football season, so I'm going to have an episode coming to you every weekday, Monday through Friday. We've got NFL previews and recaps, we've got college football previews, and we've got a golf preview as well. They're going to be coming up weekly. So if you're interested in fantasy, college football, or golf, make sure you're checking out those episodes as well. And if you want any of my premium lineups or articles, make sure to head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then let's get started with some (music) buy-sell. This type of podcast, or article, or column, or segment, or whatever, this type of format for previewing a fantasy football week has been done numerous times before. Um, you know, started by the great Matthew Barry with his love and hate. Um, but you know, I can't just steal the name of it and you know, everything's money around here. Mike's money picks. So we're going to call it buy or sell. So I'm going to give you a few guys at each position that I am buying heading into this week and selling heading into this week. If I am buying a player, that means that I'm expecting them to outperform their projection. I'm expecting them to outperform their ranking. And I'm absolutely willing to play them in daily fantasy on FanDuel or DraftKings. If I am selling a player... That means that I do not think they're going to live up to their projection. I do not think they're going to live up to their ranking, and I do not want to play them on FanDuel or DraftKings. Pretty simple, right? Now, I think it's important to understand where we are in the context of the season when I do this preview also, because right now we're in week two, and week one, everybody loves to overreact. So I think that a lot of this is going to be assessing what from week 1 is going to stick and have long term value and long term ramifications or what from week 1 was just, you know, an aberration or something that's not going to continue happening. So Keep in mind that every time the NFL season, there's always guys on week one that everybody scrambles to get. And if you've been playing fantasy football long enough, you will remember the tale of Kevin Ogletree. Kevin Ogletree was a receiver for the Dallas Cowboys that in week one in 2012, he absolutely went off against the Giants, scored two touchdowns, had over 100 yards, had about 30 fantasy points in PPR leagues, and everybody, I mean everybody, wanted to go straight to the waiver wire to get Kevin Ogletree. Well, guess what? Kevin Ogletree never scored double-digit fantasy points the rest of the season. So for every week one guy that has a great performance and ends up sticking like a Victor Cruz, like a DJ Chark, you know, there's always going to be that Kevin Ogletree out there that had a week one performance but is just a flash in the pan. All right, so without further ado, let's get into the buy-sell portion and let's start talking quarterbacks. The quarterback position this week, I am buying both of the Thursday night quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Look, don't try to get too cute. The Thursday night narrative is a real thing where people are like, oh, well, the Thursday night game, it's always more sloppy. There's less time to prepare. There's less scoring. Yeah, but not with these two quarterbacks. These two quarterbacks are simply two of the best in the league. I think they will show it tonight. Each of the last three times that Mahomes and Herbert have played each other, at least 54 points have been scored. That's a pretty high total in the NFL. And looking at it too, both of these quarterbacks have lost receivers recently. Um, you know, Keenan Allen will not play tonight and that didn't seem to affect Justin Herbert for the last 3 quarters of the game against the Raiders. And you know, Tyreek Hill going to Miami didn't seem to affect Patrick Mahomes against the Cardinals. So, I am all in on these two guys. Don't try to get too cute and not play them like they're still Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes that you drafted them to be so they should be in your lineup tonight. If you're playing any Thursday night to Monday contests on DraftKings or FanDuel, I think that they are elite level options. Like I said, the last three times they've played, 54 points have been scored. That's going to give you a good total for either of these two players. Another quarterback that I am buying is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is all the way back, and I'm talking like full-blown Carson Wentz. And what I mean by that is he is slinging the ball deep down the field. He's throwing it into double coverage. He's throwing it right to linebackers, and he's trying to throw passes left-handed. It's what Carson Wentz does. But because he has the ball in his hands so much, it's going to result in you fantasy points. In week one, he was actually pretty successful, particularly in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville defense. With Brian Robinson out, this offense is going to continue to be pass-oriented. Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick are not masher between the tackle backs. They're both really good pass-catching backs. So this offense is going to continue to sling it all over the yard. And Carson Wentz, arguably right now, he has the best weapons of his career. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel, all three receivers, as well as those two running backs to throw to, that's a pretty good core of offensive weapons. Now... Jalen Hurts lit up Detroit in week one, like both running and passing. I expect Carson Wentz to be able to do the same. Carson Wentz is a legitimate fantasy starter for the Commanders right now. I am buying Carson Wentz this week. The quarterback that I am selling this week is Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I know, he's still Aaron Rodgers, but... I just don't think he is startable in season long fantasy or playable in daily fantasy until he turns it around. We need to see some sort of sign that this offense is going to be good. And I think it will eventually be good, but it's not good right now. They only scored seven points against the Minnesota Vikings, who is not exactly one of the league's most elite level defenses. So I just can't get behind playing Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, those receivers, they really let him down in week one. You know, Christian Watson dropped that wide open touchdown. Uh, You know, there was not a whole lot of separation amongst receivers. And so Rodgers was checking it down to running backs a lot, which is not exactly what you want your gunslinger fantasy quarterback to be doing. So I just, I can't get behind playing Aaron Rodgers. He is on the sell list this week. He might make me look like a total moron by Monday morning, but I absolutely think that he's not playable right now. But he might be playable in the future if he is able to turn things around with this Green Bay offense. All right, let's shift gears just a little bit and let's talk some running backs. My number one running back across all formats this week is going to be Saquon Barkley. He is the first running back that is on the buy list. Look, Saquon did it all against Tennessee, rushing, receiving, and he's just, he looked really, really good. Believe it or not, he was actually the team leader in targets against Tennessee. So if you're playing PPR leagues, Saquon Barkley gives you that receiving upside. And I think that Tennessee is better defensively than Carolina. You know, I'm a Panthers fan, but they did not look good against the Browns. They let the Browns run all over. If you were to look at week one and you were to combine Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt into one player and call him Kareem Chubb, they would have scored 38 points against the Carolina defense. Now, obviously, that's not exactly you know, a true one-to-one comparison because Chubb and Hunt were on the field at the same times quite a few times. So what that means is combined, they saw over 100% snap percentage. So obviously, that's not a table. Saquon can't be on the field twice at once. But the good news is Saquon is pretty much the only running back being used by the Giants. He saw over an 85% usage rate in week one. So he is on the field all of the time, unlike Chubb and Hunt, and he is getting work in both the running game and the passing game. So I am all over Saquon Barkley. I love his value season long. I love his outlook this week because I don't think Carolina is going to be able to stop him anyway he affects the defense. The second running back that is on the buy list is A.J. Dillon. So A.J. Dillon had 20 PPR weeks or 20 PPR points in week one. That's pretty good. Now add that to the fact that he had a fourth and goal from the one yard line that he got stuffed on. So if he gets that touchdown, that's an extra six points, and he finishes as a top five running back last week. How much would that change the outlook on A.J. Dillon if he finished as a top five running back? I think it would change it a lot. Now he and Aaron Jones, obviously they're still splitting snaps. They're both startable in my opinion because they're going to be the key to getting this Packers offense back on track. Dillon... Led the team in targets last week, and guess who was second? That's right, Aaron Jones. Rodgers is going to be throwing to his running backs, and especially A.J. Dillon. If A.J. Dillon is getting receiving work, then that is going to lead to him being a starter in fantasy and really a top 20 running back week in and week out. I think both of these guys can be top 20 running backs week in and week out because of the upside that they have in the passing game right now in that Green Bay offense. Now, the last running back that I am buying is Chase Edmonds. So for Chase Edmonds in Miami, against New England, the point total was not pretty, but the usage was. You know, we were afraid with Chase Edmonds that he was going to be in a committee with Raheem Mostert, and that really wasn't the case. Edmonds beat him out in carries and targets and was on the field about double the time Mostert was. It was a super weird game script for Miami because New England, like, Wasn't really scoring a whole lot of points, and that game was never really in doubt. So I kind of just think that if they end up with a more normal game script where they don't jump out to a 14-point lead in the first quarter, you're going to see a little bit more aggression out of that offense, and you're going to see a little more work go to – Chase Edmonds he wasn't really effective rushing the ball against the Patriots but I do think that will change especially like I said as the game script changes and you know they're able to not see as many loaded boxes so I definitely like Chase Edmonds going forward for season long I like his matchup this week Chase Edmonds is the last running back on the buy list now, the first running back on the sell list is David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. So if you drafted David Montgomery and you were paying attention to any analysis on David Montgomery in the offseason, all of the hype was workload, workload, workload. He's the starter. He's the workhorse. He's the bell cow. Whatever metaphor you want to go with. The whole point was that David Montgomery was going to see like all of the touches and all of the carries from that Chicago backfield, and that is why you should pick him totally ignored the fact that the Bears have an inept offensive line and totally ignored the fact that David Montgomery, in his three years, hasn't really shown flashes that he's you know a top 10 or top 5 running back. And so what ended up happening week one was that workload that everybody was banking on went away. Pretty much, if you were to go back and look at the game flow, the play-by-play, they were giving two series to David Montgomery and then two series to Khalil Herbert, then two to Montgomery, then one to Herbert, which is just not a successful way to play David Montgomery. He's not good enough. The Bears offensive line is not good enough to support a fantasy starting running back that's only seen 65% of the usage, which is about where he was at. And I also don't think that this is the best matchup against Green Bay. Green Bay got thrown all over by Minnesota. You know, Justin Jefferson was torching him all over the field, but Green Bay's run defense was not bad. Dalvin Cook didn't do a whole lot in that game. So David Montgomery, until I can see a bigger workload that we talked about in the preseason that we were expecting from him, he is on the sell list for me this week. The second running back that I am selling is Rashad Penny of the Seattle Seahawks. So his usage in week one just is super duper concerning to me if you are a Rashad Penny owner. He ran the ball 12 times, which, okay, that's that's not terrible for a guy that's in a committee. But Kenneth Walker III didn't play. That's the guy he was supposed to be in a committee with. So he gave up snaps to DJ Dallas and Travis Homer and I guess whatever other Miami running back that the Seahawks could find. You know, Frank Gore still out there? But he lost snaps to those two former Miami running backs in the pass game and in the red zone, which if you were a PPR fantasy player, that's where you want your running back to be in the game because you're going to get points every time they catch the ball. In the red zone, you want them to score touchdowns. So if we've got a guy that's in a committee, his committee mate wasn't there. He wasn't in the pass game, wasn't in the red zone. I just can't get behind Rashad Penny, especially now that Kenneth Walker is expected to be back. If Kenneth Walker takes hold of those red zone and passing game snaps, Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy that you want. Now, I know Rashad Penny had the elite end to last season. You know, he was pretty much one of the top running backs in fantasy over the end of last season. But he did not show that at all in week one. The Seahawks' usage of him did not show that at all in week one. And I'm just on the sell list until I can see a different change in the usage of Rashad Penny. All right, let's switch it up again. And let's talk the wide receiver position, which probably has the most impact from week one because now we have a little bit of an idea of how targets are going to be distributed. Let's talk receivers. First up on the buy list, I am going to double dip a little bit here, and I'm going to buy both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So if you have not heard, Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the 49ers, is out. Do you remember what happened last year when Elijah Mitchell went out? Well, I'm hoping you do. Debo Samuel played running back when Elijah Mitchell went out. Debo Samuel was pretty much the team's leader in carries over the second half of last season when Elijah Mitchell was out injured. So if Debo Samuel sees usage at running back, that's really good for Debo Samuel because he's really, really good at it. He's a versatile player and Kyle Shanahan's going to put the ball in Debo's hands. Now, the other guy that that plays very well for is Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had his best weeks last year when Debo Samuel was deployed as running back because now teams are so focused on where Debo is and how to stop Debo that they kind of lose Ayuk, and Ayuk gets those preferred passing routes that are normally reserved for Debo when he's out wide. So it's very beneficial to both of these guys when a running back gets hurt. In fact, I think both of these guys benefit more from the Elijah Mitchell injury than any of the running backs on the 49ers roster does. Debo Samuel is pretty much going to be this team's RB1, and I like the matchup against Seattle this week. You know, the 49ers offense, it's really hard to tell what they're going to be based off of their week one performance because of the slop they played in in Chicago. So I like the upside. I like both these guys this week. I like him for season long as well, and I really like Debo if some of these sites start caving and give him running back eligibility. That makes him the most versatile player in fantasy football, if that's the case. Next up on the buy list is Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm going to kind of ask the same question You Remember the second half of last season, what happened with the Lions? Yeah, Amon Ra was receiver six over the second half of last season, and I believe that that is going to continue. He might not finish his receiver six, but he's top 15 week in and week out until further notice. Simply put, everybody that wrote off Amon ra heading into the season as, oh, the Lions had all those injuries. Who else were they going to throw to? You know, they were trailing. They had to throw the ball. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Amon Ra's is a good NFL player, and he is Jared Goff's guy. That's who Jared Goff looks to throw to. You know, he led the Lions in targets, receptions, and yards week one, and he also got in the end zone against the Eagles. I think he is a top 15 receiver week in and week out, and he needs to be treated as such. And he's got Washington this week who was just lit up by Christian Kirk for six receptions for 117 yards as his team's number one receiver. I think Amon Ra can absolutely repeat that, and if he gets in the end zone, that's an even better performance than what Christian Kirk had. Amon Ra on the buy list. If you can trade for him, trade for him now. The next guy on the buy list is Curtis Samuel. So Carson Wentz heading to Washington benefited Curtis Samuel more than anybody else. If you want to know my opinion on Terry McLaurin, make sure to check out the week one recap where I share my concerns about Terry McLaurin. But Carson Wentz historically targeting the slot more than pretty much any quarterback out there is really good news for Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel saw 11 targets in week one. I don't think that that is a flash in the pan. I don't think that's an aberration. I think that is going to be Curtis Samuel's Target share pretty much week in and week out. I really like Curtis Samuel season long. I like this matchup against Detroit, who was just really, really cooked by AJ Brown of the Eagles, who did it out wide and in the slot. So I like Curtis Samuel this week. Uh, you know, y'all know I like Carson Wentz. I was already on him. I think they make a really good stack option if you were playing daily fantasy sports. And Curtis Samuel is another guy that is on my buy list this week. Now the last part of the buy list. This is really double dipping. Uh, by all the Chargers receivers. I do not know which one is going to go off, but they are all going to see increased usage, and that is because Keenan Allen is missing this game Thursday night. The last game Keenan Allen missed, Joshua Palmer went for five receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. So that's a pretty good sign of things to come, right? Now, the only downside to that is DeAndre Carter wasn't really a charger then. DeAndre Carter was the beneficiary of the Keenan Allen role in week one once Keenan Allen went down, and DeAndre Carter tied for the team leading targets in week one. So one of those two guys is going to be a big beneficiary. The bottom line is they're both going to be on the field alongside Mike Williams, and Mike Williams is another guy that I am not panicking on. Yes, I know he killed you in week one if you had him in your lineups. But Mike Williams is a boomer bust player. You just have to understand that. Last year he had eight games under eight fantasy points. But the games that he scored over eight fantasy points were so good that they could win you weeks. I think that all three of these Chargers receivers, especially in deeper leagues, especially in daily fantasy, are startable tonight. And I think that Mike Williams gets back to where he was last season. And Mike Williams has a good bounce back performance tonight against the Kansas City defense. The first receiver on the sell list is Mike Evans. So the touchdown that he scored in the, I believe it was the third quarter, saved Mike Evans week one. If he doesn't get that touchdown, it is a bad week for Mike Evans. And in the Brady era, since Tom Brady has been in Tampa, he has not played well against the Saints you know, Tom Brady hasn't played well against the Saints. Mike Evans hasn't played well against the Saints. I don't like the matchup, and I really don't like what I saw with the Bucs offense at week one. The Bucs offense would just continually get in the red zone, and then they'd find themselves in third and long, and somebody on the Dallas defense, usually Micah Parsons, made a play, and next thing you know, the Bucs are kicking a field goal. That's not good for Mike Evans. Mike Evans needs to get in the end zone to score fantasy points, and I just don't like the chances of him doing that against that New Orleans defense. The next receiver on the sell list is DK Metcalf. So whether it's because of Geno Smith or because of offensive play calling or whatever the reason is, the big playability seems like gone from DK Metcalf. He was targeted seven times in week one. He caught all seven of them, but he only had 36 yards. That's like a Jarvis Landry stat line. That is not a DK Metcalf stat line. So I'm very concerned about DK Metcalf. I don't think he is playable, especially this week against the San Francisco defense. So I'm just all out on DK Metcalf right now. He finds his way onto the sell list this week. The next person a receiver on the sell list is Robert Woods, a.k.a. Bobby Trees. Not not my favorite nickname, but I had to throw it in there. So Robert Woods only saw two targets in Week One. That's bad, y'all. That's really bad for a guy that's supposed to be the number one receiver in Tennessee. Now, two targets is something that like you can't start on your fantasy team at all. Like at all, if he's gonna get two targets. Now, to me, the Titans' lack of other playmakers hurts Robert Woods because defenses are able to key in on him a little bit more and make somebody else beat them. And in week one, it was Kyle Phillips. I think if you're in a deeper league, Kyle Phillips is worth a roster spot and he is worth consideration in starting because Tannehill really seemed to have a connection with Kyle Phillips last week. And that connection was not there with Robert Woods. I'm going to need some some sort of positive sign from Robert Woods before he is playable in season-long fantasy or in daily fantasy. And that is why he finds himself on the sell list this week. All right, let's talk tight ends and then we will be out of here for the week. The first tight end that I am buying in week two is Kyle Pitts. Yes, if you had him in week one, he probably killed your lineup, but don't overthink it. You drafted him as the third or fourth tight end off the board for a reason and he is going to get back to that production. Here's why. He still had seven targets in week one. Like, that's not bad for a tight end. He's still trying to figure out that connection with Marcus Mariota. And also in week one, the Falcons offense had to run the ball a lot in the second half because they were trying to run the clock out because they had a lead. Call me crazy, I don't think the Atlanta Falcons are going to have a lead in the second half a lot this season. They're going to be trailing, and they're going to be looking to their big, fast, tight end, Kyle Pitts, to get them on the scoreboard. Now, also this week that is important is that they're playing the Los Angeles Rams with Jalen Ramsey. You know, Jalen Ramsey got cooked by Stephon Diggs in week one, but he's still Jalen Ramsey, and I think he's going to be able to lock up any one of these Falcon receivers that they put him on. They're not going to be putting Jalen Ramsey on Kyle Pitts. So I think that Kyle Pitts will have a little bit of an increased target share this week. He's going to be the one that gets looked to because one other receiver is going to be absolutely not lookable to because they got Jalen Ramsey on him. So Kyle Pitts is on my buy list. Stay the course on Kyle Pitts. I think he bounces back. I think he still is an elite fantasy tight end. Second tight end on the buy list is Dalton Schultz. So I think that the backup quarterback situation for the Cowboys actually helps Dalton Schultz a little bit because Cooper Rush or whoever it ends up being isn't going to be throwing the ball deep down the field. So guess what? That makes it real easy to throw to Dalton Schultz. He was second on the Cowboys in targets last week behind CeeDee Lamb. I think that will continue because the Cowboys aren't getting Michael Gallup back anytime soon. And I just really like Dalton Schultz, his ability to see a lot of targets this week. If he finds his way into the end zone, then he's instantly going to make your week. And I think that on daily fantasy sites, he got his price super adjusted that makes him super startable on both DraftKings and FanDuel. First on the sell list is Dawson Knox. So Dawson Knox, you know, he's been a solid fantasy tight end the past two years, but he's super dependent on touchdowns. Like if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's pretty much useless. And that was what happened in week one. He did not find his way into the end zone. It now looks like Gabe Davis is going to be a red zone target and a red zone threat for the bills. Remember Gabe Davis did not start for the bills for like the first 12 games of last season. And now he is starting, especially in two wide receiver sets. So Gabe Davis is an additional red zone target that's going to take that role a little bit away from Dawson Knox. I just can't get behind Dawson Knox. I'm totally fine in season long if you want to drop him. Uh, I just, I really don't think that what you're looking for with Dawson Knox is there right now in Buffalo. Now, the last guy on the sell list is Taysom Hill. Look, anyone who knows me knows my opinion on Taysom Hill. I'm not a fan. Like, you know, is he the type of football player you want on your team? Yes. But in fantasy football, does he annoy the living crap out of me? Yes. And should the Saints be playing him at quarterback when they have James Winston on the roster? No. All right. So don't overreact to the fact that he broke off a long run and scored a touchdown and he's usable at tight end. Like, look, that's not sustainable. He's just a package player. He's just going to play seven or eight snaps. And don't be fooled by the fact that in those seven or eight snaps last week, he just so happened to score a touchdown. Don't, don't buy into it. It's not a thing. He's just going to see seven or eight snaps, and he's probably going to score two fantasy points this week. Now, obviously, I could be wrong, but he's not a full-time player. He's not a full-time usage guy. Don't buy into anybody in fantasy that is in a small role like that. All right, so that pretty much does it for the week two preview, y'all. That pretty much does it for buy-sell. So hopefully these picks are able to help you set your lineups this week, able to help you find some trade targets, and give you some guys for your daily fantasy lineups for this Sunday. If you want any of my full daily fantasy lineups or my premium articles, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you are interested in fantasy college football, it's a growing market. It's a lot of fun. Uh, check out yesterday's episode on the podcast and tomorrow's episode on the podcast will be college football as well. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you next time.